Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues in sunny Los Angeles, California, or Australia. We'll find out more when we talk to Amber Claire, our guest today. Mainly ladies, but men, you can listen up too. You don't need big promises. You need results. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain unnecessary ingredients that may cause you further skin issues. Specifically formulated, the Retinol Moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, making the skin appear younger, softer, smoother. Powerful combination of antioxidants, vitamins A, C, B5, and E. Fight premature aging by blocking DNA-damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. Contains natural ingredients like aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, and sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin conditions. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer. It's available at simplebeautyskincare.com. It simply works. And our guest is Amber Care. Amber Claire. And I do care. Don't worry. Amber Claire, and she does care. There we go. The commercial we just did is a mutual friend and how I got to meet Amber Claire. So the the co one of the owners of uh, simplebeautyskincare.com is a mutual friend of ours. And so I know a few things about you, and one of them is that you're from Australia. Where do we begin on that? I mean, what what brings you to the States? You're a vocalist, you're a PR person, you're a photographer, you're entertainer. What brought you, let's start with that then. What brought you to the States? And tell me I about- I wouldn't say I'm a photographer, but I definitely can't. I think I have a good eye for photography. My dad was a photographer back in the day. Um, but yeah, so basically I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I came here back in 2001. And pretty much had less than, I always tell people this story. It's like the typical, like, you know, chasing the dream story. But I came here with less than a thousand dollars to my name. And I said, I want to go to the United States. I want to be a singer. And basically I came over here and just found my way around, you know, just networked, did odd jobs here and there. I've done every type of job. I even worked at a pet store, which was really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love animals, so but the saddest part for me was selling the rats for people to give their snakes, and oh. I would become attached to the rats. I really would. I'd be like, they're so cute, and I'd feel so bad selling them, and I'm like, I can't work here anymore. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, so I came from Australia. I started singing when I was six years old, listening to Madonna. Uh, I used to dress up as Madonna in all her, you know, crosses and the bangles, the especially the Desperately Seeking Susan era. That was my favorite era with the beauty spot. Yeah. And any chance I got, I would be dressed up as Madonna in every family photo or every opportunity I would get. And then I just started being in talent shows. I listened to Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, all these people that just really inspired me on a level of greatness that is... I, I, I mean, there is some artists of today that 
are great, but that level has already been done, as you know, Tom, like the Mm -hmm. people that we grew up listening to just, they set the standard. So, you know, some of my influences were anywhere from, I wouldn't even say influences, but just people that I looked up to, uh, Shaka Khan, Patti LaBelle, Barbara Streisand, my mom listened to her a lot, Steve Perry, and I loved obviously Metallica and Nirvana and Soundgarden. Like I have a very wide variety of music that I love. So I just grew up listening to everything and had older brothers and sisters. So I took on their catalog of music. I used to remember seeing Wham on the wall of my sister's bedroom and I'd be like, wow, you know, oh my goodness. I thought that was so cool. And then I took that on with me and I was, you know, a big fan of Wham and George Mm -hmm. Michael, who was an incredible artist as well. And yeah, I started my own PR company back in 2012, where I've been helping different artists from around the world with, you know, their press that they need for whatever it is, a project they're promoting. And I've probably helped over a thousand artists with different, you know, PR campaigns and that That's type amazing. of thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rewarding. I get a lot of, you know, I've met some great friends out of it as well, which has been really good. And I signed a bad record deal back in the day when I first got here and I thought Mm -hmm. it was fantastic because I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yes. My first record deal. I had a few offers at the time with different companies, but I chose to go with this one as it was a little more prominent. You know, I had a person behind it that was backing it that was in the public eye. So I figured it would be great for my career. Big mistake. (laughs) Um, It was basically a bad deal where they owned most of my publishing Um, They wouldn't let me work with anybody else other than who they provided. And I had quite a few big offers from some producers, you know, like Dallas Austin, that's pretty big in Atlanta. He's worked with Mm -hmm. TLC and all those people, but I couldn't work with any of these people because I was locked in this contract. So they were asking for this astronomical amount of money to buy me out of my contract. And I just... I I couldn't do it at the time and I didn't have a good manager or a manager at all. So I kind of got screwed with that. So it was a seven year deal. So I basically just let it ride out. And that was in Atlanta, Georgia. And then I decided to just leave there after it was pretty much almost near the end of my contract. Mm -hmm. And I had some friends out here in LA, you know, that I started with and they helped me, you know, learn my way around LA. Now I like, I know it like the back of my hand, yeah. which is funny. It's such a huge city. But so, yeah. so you went Melbourne to Atlanta, Atlanta to LA? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. I believe I went to Melbourne, Atlanta. No, it was, I actually am from Melbourne, mm-hmm. but I grew up in Queensland. I moved there oh, when okay. I was with my family. So I, I flew from Brisbane to Atlanta. Then I was there for like four years and then I moved to LA from Atlanta and I remember saying to myself well why don't I try to play one of my songs on the radio even if it's internet radio so I submitted to a local radio station with a company called the American Radio Network they have all different shows under an umbrella and they played my song but then they loved my accent and they said why don't you co-host the show with us so from there I became a host on radio and doing red carpet reporting And yeah, I pretty much taught myself everything about publicity. So it's been pretty rewarding because I, I didn't have any formal training for it. Everybody says to me, wow, you know, I went to journalism school and I didn't even get those opportunities, but I tell people it's all about getting out there and learning for yourself. 
it's definitely a hands-on type of a job, even though you can learn all the techniques, but it's just best to get out there and throw yourself in the deep end. And that's what I've done. And I've covered some incredible events over the years and interviewed some of the people that I grew up watching or listening to, and it's incredible. So, yeah. You said that, you know, I brought up a photographer and you're not a photographer. What I was, where I was going with that was you get on Facebook and you look up Amber Claire and you're going to just see you with actors galore. And that's from your red carpet. Is that from the PR thing or is that from your red carpet or those go hand in hand or what is that? Kind of. Yeah. Cause my PR company is for different artists that I do press for. So any red carpet events that I do are also under that umbrella because I do some contributing for medium.com. So I post a lot of my content on there as well. So yeah, I've covered pretty much everything from award shows to press junkets and premieres around LA. So yeah. Are you on anybody's speed dial? Um, I have a couple of friends, you know, that are, <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of friends that, you know, are, I'm not going to say celebrities, I guess they're known people. But known they're people. That's, people. Yeah. yeah they, they're just people. And a lot of the time, as you know, Tom, being in this industry, everybody is pretty much equal. You know, mm. it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much fame you have. Everybody hurts the same way. They go through challenges, highs and lows. And I think a lot of the time that I've met these people that they've gravitated towards me is because they feel safe with me. They can, you know, just get my advice. And I always come from a place of realness. You know, there's nothing I want from anybody. You know, I, I feel like everything is on my terms because I'm pretty much my own boss. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not looking for like any opportunities if it gets offered to me, that's great, but you know, I like to put in the work myself. I feel like it's more rewarding. And you've made something of yourself and for yourself, right? That you enjoy. And what's the adage? If you enjoy what you're doing, then you never work a day in your life, right? That's very true. And another another company that I've, I'm working with that I've been involved with on and off since 2005 is Global Green. Um, I do their marketing and entertainment relations as well. It's a nonprofit environmental organization. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been working with them for a while as well. And I'm actually getting ready to plan a concert with them that I'm going to be co-producing, which is going to be great. And I will be one of the performers. So yes, that's going to be around. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's a big breakthrough, isn't it? I mean, you've got music. Do you perform now? Do you perform now? You know, I've mainly been a studio singer. I've just Mm -hmm. been getting in the studio and recording but people do want to come and see me perform so I'm sure at some point I'll do some shows but mostly I'm sort of you know just doing recording submitting it for soundtracks and that type Mm -hmm. of thing just if I get a chance to perform here and there it's nice like possibly at this concert that I'm producing which is going to be great I already produced the very first one for them back in 2021 and that was pretty challenging because it was still during the pandemic so we had some of it at the Troubadour in West oh, wow. Hollywood. How yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I performed a song there and then we had a couple of other artists like Melody Thornton from the Pussycat Dolls, mm-hmm. um, Michael Alexander, who's also featured on one of my songs, Back in Love. He was performing there with his band. And, yeah, so we had some of the performances there and some of them were submitted virtually and we put it all together as one big concert and 
we had Taylor Dean on there, Chloe Trujillo. It was it was amazing. So it was very uh, rewarding. So we're doing a part two of that now when everything's open and we can finally get yeah. some performances live, yeah, to raise some money. Now, the music you submitted to us, we're going, we're going to listen to a song that you co-wrote first. And as the first video I ever saw, like my first experience of you was my friend or our friend Gabrielle said, you really got to check this woman out. So we became Facebook friends. And the first thing I saw was this video. And it was interesting to me because what you had said earlier in this conversation, one of your influences was Madonna. I heard Borderline, I think it was all over this song. I heard Madonna influences, I should say, all over this song. And I think it's such an homage for you to be able to do that. And probably didn't even know that you did, but you've, you, you've styled yourself in such a way that some of your styles match Madonna in such a way that it's almost like paying tribute to her. What do you think of that? I think that's amazing because I I always pay tribute to Madonna. I think she's just incredible. I think she's a really tough woman. I've watched her life story. She worked super hard to be where she is, and I love that. And she's a boss, and I think that that's very inspirational, especially being a female artist in the industry and trying to get taken seriously. And, yeah, I definitely count Madonna as one of my first influences, obviously, because I used to dress up as her, so for sure. yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking you immigrate to the country, you get a bad record deal, you get so fed up, you move out to California, and you just keep having success after success after success. Why wouldn't you do a song called Don't Stop Me Now? <laughs> Very true. That's that's definitely how I feel. And I worked with some amazing people on it. Um, Matthias Fumagelli, Mandy Linz, and Jake Carmona, who's out here in LA. He's a fantastic producer and musician. And we're getting ready to work on another song pretty soon as well, which will be coming out hopefully in the next couple of months or so. And it's yeah. um, an EDM slash synthwave type of track. So I'm looking forward to that too. Well, that'll be fun. We'll hear that in the future. But yes. Right now we're going to hear this one. This is Amber Claire on the Music of America podcast. And this song is called Don't Stop Me Now.
Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back and talk to Amber about some other music of hers that she brought with us today. And we'll uh, find out a little bit more what it's like transitioning from Australia to the United States, maybe. B. Normous Productions have been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Verhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves the most, production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools, they're on hand to make your sound compete with the favorite records that you have in your own collection. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as pro as possible. So go make some records with B. Normous Productions. They're on Facebook, and you can also find them on their website, B, the letter B, Normous, bnormousproductions.com. So, Amber, who do you... Or where do you record? Do you record in LA? Have you gone to other studios? Where have you done your work? Yeah, I've done different. Uh, I've worked at different recording studios around LA. Uh, don't Stop Me Now is recorded in three different places. Wow. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any set studios. And um, I did decide during the pandemic, like a lot of people did, you know, that I could be my own producer. And so I bought like a portable recording studio. Do you think I've ever used it? No, I haven't. I'm like, <laughs> I do not trust myself with any of this stuff. And I must admit, I am a little lazy when it comes to learning all that stuff. I'd rather leave that to the pros and I just come in with the lyrics and the vocals. There you go. And that was my next question. You don't play an instrument. You write and you sing, but you don't play guitar. You don't play piano, saxophone or whatever. So your contribution in the in the building of a song, where does that fall in? Do you start with a lyric and then you put music to it or... Does somebody say, hey, I've got something for you to work with me on? Because you, you have to collaborate if you don't play, right? 
Yeah, and I have had a lot of people send me music over the years and some of it has stood out to me where I said to myself, wow, that's amazing, I'd love to work on that, but then other songs just don't really stick with me. But when it comes to a song, I always have to hear the melody first or the track to see if Mm. I like it and then I write to it. I'm not one of these mad writers that just writes a bunch of songs and just says, oh, this would be great without it. Once I hear the music, I then compose my song around that with what I feel. And usually it's it's funny because it's like a love at first sight thing when it comes to music. You either hear it and you say, oh, my God, this is what I love. I'm a sucker to ballads. I love ballads, but I also love, you know, dance music and all that as well and pop and R&B, but... I'm definitely a sucker for like ballads and David Foster is one of my favorite producers of all time. I just think he's absolutely brilliant. And most of the songs that he's done over the years have been some of my favorite music. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you decide to do a cover, what influences that? Because one of the songs we're going to do here, the next song we're going to do here is Foolish Heart. It's a Steve Perry song. What influences you to do that versus maybe a jewel song or something by i don't know the Bee Gees we talked about earlier you know what what draws you to a song wow you just reminded me the Bee Gees. i'm definitely open to doing one of their songs for sure especially <laughs> guilty with barry gibb and barbara streisand yeah. one of my favorite duets of all time steve perry's foolish heart has always been one of my favorites i absolutely love that song it's very simple it's emotional and it's always just stuck in my mind as one of my favorite songs. Is it the message of the song? Is it the power of how he delivers it that hooks you, that made that a favorite song, or what is it? It's pretty much a combination of everything you just said. It's just the final product, and when you hear it, you just know, and you're like, oh, this song, you hear it on the radio, and you're like, this song is just so killer, you know, and that's yeah. how a lot of songs are for me of that era, from anywhere, for me, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, is my favorite era. My favorite era is obviously the 80s. But yeah, I heard that song years ago back in the probably late 80s when I was old enough to remember, you know, what it sounded like. And I always said I wanted to remake it. I never try to be better than the actual singer because, you know, they're just incredible. They set the standard. But for me, I like to keep it as organic as possible with keeping the same theme of the song. So Uh it doesn't sound like a hacked up version where I'm insulting the artist and the music. If, you know, I was to like make it like this crazy track with, I would never do that. I would never do that to Steve Perry. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in this thing of listening to music, a different way of reinventing a song. that's already been played, recorded, whatever. Some friends of mine were playing music just last night and I suggested to them, Play Jukebox Hero, but play it in a, and it said play it a minor key and play it at half speed and see what that sounds like. Cause that's how I'm hearing it in my head. And I'm like, during this conversation you and I had earlier, I'm like, where did that even come from? And it came from the Civil Wars, if you're familiar with them. They really hit me with their version of Billie Jean. And it, there's a lot of artists that have done this, but they've taken a song and they reinvent it or they reinterpret or interpret it in an entirely different way. You don't really do that with Foolish Heart, but you kind of do a little bit with Foolish Heart. So what do you what do you think is different about your delivery of that song? 
You know, I tried to copy exactly the way he did all the riffs and everything like that, because I think it's important because it's such a simple song, but you, I feel like you have to keep the same formula. So that's what I did. And I pretty much just did the Steve Perry version, but in my voice and a friend of mine actually blended our vocals together and oh. it actually sounds real. It sounds pretty cool. I must admit, really? I was like, wow. I, hey, if you're listening, Steve Perry would love to do it as a duet. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> and maybe Steve Perry will be with you and do do guilty. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be cool. That What's... would be incredible. I would what? be very starstruck. Like I'm not worthy of being next to this amazing vocalist, Steve Perry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny though. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the clout that you're building with your PR firm and now you're getting out and you're playing and you know, you're you're making contacts in the music industry throughout LA. I mean, come on, you got twenty almost twenty-five years experience of this. You shouldn't be intimidated by some guy just because he's Steve Perry. <laughs> I know. Who is Steve Perry? Who is Perry, Steve Perry, anyway. right. <laughs> We're going to hear your version of a Steve Perry song right now. And this is Amber Clare. And the song is Foolish Heart.
Amber Claire, the Music of America podcast and the song Foolish Heart. And we'll be back to talk to Amber in a sec. But I want to talk about monkey house guitars. If you're ever out in Tecumseh, Kansas, of all places to be, make sure you find your way to monkey house guitars. All right. Monkey house guitars is a small made to order guitar shop. If you think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see meticulously designed and crafted for your specifications. Nothing by machine. Hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I think I've ever seen. And you got to see it be made by the pictures he posted on Facebook. Step-by-step, step, uh, the luthier Mike Thompson would post these pictures up and you could actually see the development and the growth and the design and the end product of the multiverse guitar. He's an amazing artisan. I want you to check him out. He's got a Facebook page, but he's also got a website now. So it's monkey house guitars, all one word, monkeyhouseguitars.com. Now you don't play an instrument. You sing. Yes. I sing and write and I come up with melodies and I think I come up with pretty good hooks. That's uh -huh. kind of, so yeah does uh is there music in your family do your parents have a musical background my dad was a drummer okay. he also plays the bongos he's everything's taught by ear so he he learned the piano by ear guitar my brother is an amazing singer guitarist and drummer as well and he still plays in bands around new south wales within the vicinity of sydney mm -hmm. and yeah so my sisters they teach dance so oh, pretty wow. much yeah, everything's pretty much been very musical. I can't imagine life without music. Yeah, well, it, it's not life without music. <laughs> it's just it's really boring. Very yeah. <laughs> the song that we're going to do next is Till We Meet Again. Tell me everything you can about that song. Why that, where that came from, and what you do with it, and why you like that song. So when I first wrote that song, I was in a relationship at the time with somebody in Atlanta and I had to go back to Australia and I remember being really brokenhearted and I was like, oh no, I don't want to leave. And so on the plane back to Australia, in my head, I was thinking, I don't want to say goodbye. I want to say till we meet again, because mm -hmm. goodbye is very final. Yeah. So for me, I looked at it like till we meet again, till I'm back and, you know, that type of thing. So I went into a studio in Queensland where I was living and we did that from scratch. That's everything is live. There's no wow. tracks or guitar and, you know, piano. And I wrote the song and I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to build up and be a big ballad that it is and yeah so I wrote that song and a lot of people tell me it's one of their favorite songs of mine and it was my first I actually did release some songs previous to that but this was like my most probably my first really really professional at this level song and it was in 1999 no. but I've never released it on any of the platforms and I only did recently in 2022 and I submitted it to the World Songwriting Awards and it won Best Music Production. So, wow. yeah, I was very excited about that. So, um, yeah, it goes to show, you know, a good song. It can go through decades and still be recognized for, you know, being a great song and a great production. Yeah, that's, that's what art is. You know, art yeah. lasts the, uh, stands the test of time. True or pure art, whatever the attitude. True art, absolutely. True, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. That's just amazing that... Now, did you write that on your trip 
did you pen the lyrics and the music on your trip from Atlanta and have it by the time you were in Australia? Or did you? I just had the lyrics. I just had the lyrics. <laughs> then I got to the studio with the melody and then my producer started playing it on the piano. And I was like, yes, exactly. And, you know, we did have our differences because I'm not a control freak, but when it comes mm -hmm. to something I really want, I know what I want and I feel like it needs to be there. So, you know, obviously we finally got it right exactly to how I wanted it to be. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really nice song. It's a classic song. And then I'll just quickly mention too, I have, you know, some other songs on my Spotify and Apple music, that type of thing. But I have a couple of songs I also worked on with Narada Michael Walden, mm -hmm. who worked with Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin. He produced Get Back Up and Nothing Can Break This Love. And it was an amazing experience working with him because I used to listen to I Want to Dance with Somebody and all of that. I had no idea he produced it. So oh. I ended up working with him back in 2019 and 2020, I believe it was. So that was an incredible experience. He's oh, a lady. Cool. Yeah. And he actually played with Journey for a little while. He was playing oh, really? with Journey. Yeah. I'll be darned. On the well, drums. Let's, let's give this a listen, shall we? This is Amber Claire. Till we meet again.
the Music of America podcast featuring Amber Claire from Los Angeles, California. And before we say goodbye, Amber, this is the section of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So now you said Spotify. You've got a new CD or a new song out. Where do we get music? Where do we see you? Where do we help you? How do we help you? Help us help you. There, That's the line. That's funny. Um, yeah, my my uh, website is probably the best way to keep up with all my information. It's amberclaireofficial.com. That's A-M-B-E-R-C-L-A-I-R-E, official.com. And you can find me on Instagram at amberclaire1 with the number one. And I'm on Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, under the same name. So there is another singer that has the same name as me, everybody, and her name is Amber Claire as well. And she has a song called It's a Lovely Day. That is not me. We don't look alike. We don't sound alike, but we have the same name. So I just want to make that known because people sometimes look that up and say, oh, I love your song. It's a lovely day. And I'm like, thank you. I didn't write that. And that is not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's basically where you can find me, amberclaireofficial.com and amberclaire1, number one on Instagram. And Tom, I, I really appreciate your time and, you know, giving me this opportunity to, talk a lot which I love to do and I think the most important thing for me is inspiring people and helping people I want to I always feel like I want to leave this earth knowing that I made a difference in people's lives even if it's just one or two people that were touched by either knowing me as a friend or my lyrics mm. that's what actually means the most to me so it's not about ego or you know any competition with me I think there's room for everybody I think we're all unique and I love to support fellow females as well. I'm always, you know, definitely pumping them up and making them become the, helping them become the best versions of themselves. So, yeah. You, you lift them up and say, don't stop me now, right? That's it. <laughs> That's my motto in life. I need to get that tattooed on my arm. There, there you go. Um, real quick, then, uh, your PR firm, again, like if you want to plug that, what's the name of yes. your Yes, if anybody needs any press or interviews or articles, I have different packages. I also do social media management. You can find me on Facebook. That's 27PR Official, the number 27PR Official, or it might be Official 27PR. I'm not sure, but you'll find it under that. <laughs> and I'm always happy to help people, you know, with their projects, whatever they're working on, I'm happy to pump you up so you can have some news on Google and, you know, feel important. That's awesome. When are you going back to Australia? You know, I could be back there for Christmas. I could be back in the middle of next year or the beginning of next year. I'm not quite sure. I was just there last year and mm -hmm. it was amazing. I had a brilliant time, spent time with my lovely father over there who's amazing and saw family and friends. And I can never complain when it comes back to going to Australia. I'm always happy to do that. So. It's on the bucket list. We sent my daughter there, uh, I think her senior year of high school. She went to the, the the Catholic church, had a thing there where the Pope was there and got pictures of her shaking hands with a kangaroo, you know, oh, <laughs> really, and she's still in, she's still in touch, I think, with the host family that put her up. It's really neat. So That's so cute. Kangaroos and koalas, oh, they're just in my heart. Seriously, yeah. they're beautiful. Well, Amber, thank you so much. We've been visiting with Amber Claire from Los Angeles, California. Stay with us because tomorrow we stay in California. We're going to meet Ernie Panetta and the Delta Wires. 
You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.